Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Hey there, welcome back to Looking Above. This is episode 46, and today I'm going to be joined by my dear friend, Lindsay Lenball. Lindsay is a school counselor at a local school here in our community, and someone whose opinion and knowledge I really respect on the topic of emotional health. And so today, Lindsay and I are gonna be talking about emotional restedness and what it looks like when we are just emotionally spent versus how we rest emotionally. So I really appreciate Lindsay joining me today, and I hope you will enjoy listening in on this conversation with Lindsay. All right, in this um, session here, Lindsay is joining me. You all know Lindsay, and we are going to talk about emotional rest and um, just let's start by just trying to clarify what we mean by emotional rest or what we mean by emotional unrest, what that might look like in our lives as women. Let's just kind of lay the groundwork here. You want me to go or you want to try? I'll let you go okay. first. All right. So emotional rest has to do with maybe the calmness mm-hmm. that we feel when we are able to be real and authentic and share our emotions and inner experiences, our inner life with someone else. Mm -hmm. So when we're able to be true to ourselves and live outside what's going on inside, I guess, then we are more emotionally rested. Right. Whereas emotional unrest would come when we aren't being authentic with others. Or if like you're an Enneagram number two. Right. And you're constantly <laughs> trying to people please. Right. So when we're when we're <laughs> always managing um, what people mm-hmm. see of us mm-hmm. and we're constantly having to keep all of our emotions. Like I just think back to like how people um, made their children act in the 50s. Right. For like, sure. Everything had to be very proper. proper and controlled. And we held in what we were feeling like we didn't express our feelings back then. And um, there's a little bit more emotional mm-hmm. expression is more accepted now. But even still today, we're still not very authentic a lot right. of times. And there are very few people who actually know how we're really feeling. Yeah. And I would think, I'd say like a really good way to determine kind of the difference between emotional rest and emotional unrest is think of you as a person um, at home, like as women, I know for me, the first thing I do when I get home, um, put on sweatpants. I put on like a sweatshirt. I throw my hair up in a clip or a messy bun and I'm just comfortable and I'm able to um, like I don't mind being that way. I'm completely comfortable, but also too, like in those conversations I have with the people in my house, with my husband or even like my really close 
um, like if my family, um, my mom, like I'm able to very, I'm able to talk very real with them. I'm able to share with them what I'm frustrated about. I'm able to share with them what I um, am feeling about a certain situation. Um, I might even be able to talk politics with them. <laughs> just, you know, it's just, you feel safe and you feel, and because you feel safe, you are emotionally rested. And then versus that other person, if you think about a situation that just intimidates you, mm. um, not necessarily like your job or anything like that, just think of a situation that intimidates you, makes you feel incredibly nervous. And because you're incredibly nervous, you're constantly thinking, oh my gosh, should I say this? Should I say this? Like I'm watching them do this and you're watching other people and you're just you're not able to authentically be yourself. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of think that's a really good way of determining like the difference between the two. Right. And if we live with emotional unrest, inauthenticity, mm -hmm. if we live like that for a while, what does that start to look like? Like, how does that play out? So if I'm constantly managing, mm -hmm. like controlling, wearing a mask and not being authentic, how is that going to I think it depends. I truly think it depends <laughs> on um, you as a person. Mm -hmm. um, I think it it can look like stress, right? Mm -hmm. It can look like anxiety. Um, it can even truthfully lead to depression. Mm -hmm. um, it could lead. I I've seen it lead to <laughs> anger outbursts. Mm. Um, so I think it kind of depends on who you are, but it's definitely going to lead to unhealthy emotions. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what I'm thinking, too, is if you if you live like that for a period, you can probably do it and look healthy for a mm -hmm. period of time. And then there's going to come a point right where you just blow a gasket. Mm -hmm. And because a lot of that is like emotional mm -hmm. sandbagging. Right? right. You're just constantly storing it, putting pressing down the true emotions. For and then sure. eventually it's going to come for sure bubbling out. And then I think we sometimes see that play out in social media, right? Oh. Then, then we have like these huge overshares where someone is like freaking out on social media and you're like, what in the world is going on? Who are you? And then there's like 700 <laughs> com uh, comments, like right. going down, going down, going down. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So it, it, you can only live like that so long and it's going to yeah. come bursting out in some way and it's yeah. probably going to be a mental health issue. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in Sandra Dalton Smith's book, mm -hmm. um, that, I'm talking about in all of these stations. She says, you experience emotional rest when you no longer feel the need to perform or meet external expectations. It is the cessation of emotional striving. Right. <laughs> so where do we find this? Like what... Okay, so how do we do this? So I think there's a balance. So I'm going to read that again. Mm -hmm. You experience emotional rest when you no longer feel the need to perform mm -hmm. or meet external expectations. It is the cessation or the stopping of emotional striving. So constantly mm -hmm. striving to be um, what other people mm -hmm. want you to be or how you think other people are wanting you to be. Right. Okay, so I'm going to break that down in two parts. Like the first part, there's a fine line between striving to meet everybody's expectation um, and then just being you, like you have to monitor the situation you're mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, if you go to a job, you're gonna have expectations. Right. So that's not the kind of expectations we're talking about. Mm -hmm. We're talking about um, feeling like everybody around you has a certain expectation that you have to meet. Mm -hmm. 
And that might not even be true. They might not have any expectation that you have to meet, but you are feeling for whatever reason that you have to perform this way. You have to say this. You have to wear this. You have to um, act like this. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, there are times when, um, like me, I'm a big joke teller, as you all know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Um, There is a time and a place for that, though. Um, if I am in a serious conversation with somebody, that is not the time to do that. And it's not because I'm being inauthentic Mm -hmm. and I'm not able to be myself and be this goofy, bubbly person. Mm -hmm. There's just a time and a place. And I think we find out what the time and the place is by reading the emotions of other people. Mm -hmm. People will let us know through social cues, Mm -hmm. through body language, through facial expressions. Karen's doing it right now. Mm -hmm. I want you to notice her. She's watching me. She's nodding at me. Mm -hmm. She's saying, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. She's saying that. Like, that's letting me know that she's listening to me. Now, if she was turning away from me, maybe looking at her paper, that's going to give me the social cue that might be time for me to stop talking, right? (laughs) But we have to, we do. So there's a fine line between, um, the expectation that we put on ourselves to be this perfect person out in public or wherever we go, but then also monitoring what's the situation we're in, what's the surrounding and how does God want me to act in this situation? So you're, so I'm going to rephrase, make sure I understood there. We should manage our emotions. We, there are times when certain emotions are appropriate and certain Mm -hmm. emotions aren't. And we need to manage that. Like I am the boss of me. I need to own that. Right. But then there's also a time where we need to be authentic. And so if we're Mm -hmm. always living in this totally managed state, that's when, that's That's when when we can, it can wreak havoc on our mind. Right. Right. And you know, I meant to say this too. Mm -hmm. I think we know those, we've been in situations when there's been a person who is overly authentic and they, Mm -hmm overly share something Mm -hmm. in a setting and it kind of you can tell you can feel from other people it's like Mm -hmm. whoa (laughs) that was a lot and um and that person was being completely authentic Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um so I think we just have to be careful in that way too that like I said there's a time and a place Mm -hmm. um for everything right right so Jenny Allen talks about it as the two percent Right. And that's what, you know, she talks about that having a small, close, intimate group of people that are your two percenters. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that get the full authentic, authentic you, you know, they get all of it. But there's other people that, you know, that's when maybe we rein it in. And not Mm -hmm. that we're trying to manage in a way that is deceitful, but manage in a way that is appropriate. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Okay, so something else she talked about in this chapter I wanted us to talk about today. She said emotions are similar to infections. They are highly contagious. As you share your emotions, you're also being affected by the emotions of others. So this just gets down to empathy. Right. Right, which we women are amazing at typically Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. all of us not all of us are able to read others emotions and and feel that and enter into something um with someone but she just talks about the fact that we feel others emotions and then oftentimes we mimic them Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm going to share an example, but then I want you to talk more about this. Just yesterday, I was in the lobby of the church and an older gentleman who recently lost his wife came in. And of course, he knows that I just lost my dad and he came over and he gave me a big hug. And then he pulls out his phone and he's like, I want to show you. And he had changed his phone screen to be a picture of his wife. And Mm -hmm. he had changed his profile on Facebook to be a picture of her. And my empathy at that moment was feeling for this man who's just lost his wife. And I started crying like immediately. Now that's coming out of I'm a little emotionally fragile right now. You are. But I immediately started crying. And then he saw my tears and he started crying. Mm -hmm. And it was just this beautiful moment for me of us entering into each other's pain. Yeah. Right. Where I felt sad because he had lost his wife and he felt sad because he had made me cry, but because he knew that right. I, I was in this state having just lost my dad. So this is kind of an example mm-hmm. of this, right? Where we, we go into these situations and we're constantly, you know, like you said, you're constantly reading someone else's yeah. cues. Um, there is something very beautiful yeah. about being a, and very necessary mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for a few minutes, about the the good part of empathy and the necessity of what does that do for me when mm-hmm. you know, you're a counselor, when a student comes in and shares something with you and you're able to walk with them, reflect back to them, empathize, what does that do for that student? So it, it's basically um, it's basically taking that weight that that person is feeling and it's, it's kind of splitting it in two, um, you know, because that weight now is being shared by th- that person. Um, we talk a lot in, you know, counseling or whatever that talking about whatever um, difficult thing you have going on, um, whether it's just a difficult life situation, if it's trauma, if it's something that the best form is talking to somebody about it. And the reason why is because then you are basically saying here, like here, I'm giving this to you. Like, I, I kind of need your help with this and I don't need your help in fixing it. I just need your help with managing how to feel this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you share that with somebody or somebody shares with you, you're basically just think of it as being split into like mm-hmm. I'm you're sharing a part and I'm sharing a part. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, those emotions are going to be different, mm-hmm. right? Um, we have but it legitimately lessens the load, but it does. Okay. It does lessen the load. Mm-hmm. And then um, so with empathy, right, you think of you're mirroring people. Mm-hmm. Karen's been doing this. the um, Well, so that situation that she described of that, mm-hmm. the older gentleman crying, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was mirroring her emotion mm-hmm. and. um <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my kids are in the other room and I accidentally <laughs> just answered the phone call. So anyways, um, you are, he, he was mirroring her reaction, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times that's what we do is when we're talking authentically to somebody um, or, in, or we're listening to somebody sharing something with us, we are mirroring them. If they're telling us something super exciting, we're going to be super excited and we're going to be probably saying things like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's so cool. If they're saying something super sad, we're going to be mirroring that. We're going to probably our face is going to look sad, um, a little bit more somber. Um, we might be saying things like, you know, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, we're just mirroring, um, 
their emotions back to them. Mm -hmm. And I like this. I'm going to read this quote mm -hmm. that you have that says research shows that introverts, I am not, um, <laughs> are more likely to be affected by others' positive emotions, or as extroverts tend to be more affected by others' negative emotional mm -hmm. expressions. I want to stop there and yeah. talk about that. That's Okay. When I read that, I was like, what? I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give my take on this and you can correct yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and just because I'm an extrovert, I don't think this applies to every single extrovert. Like I think right. every single extrovert might list, look at this a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I think it's because typically extroverts are very strong personalities. Mm -hmm. And so, um, not very, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But so because we're very strong personalities, we're constantly like monitoring and looking at mm -hmm. different people's emotions. And typically the ones we pick up on are the negative ones, ones because those are going to be the ones that we're like, we just, for whatever reason, we focus mm -hmm. on. Now I'm like, okay, but you introverts, what are you guys doing? Because like, that sounds right. fantastic. That, right? <laughs> like, why do you notice the good? Yeah. The good. It's great. Yeah. Which, but like... Never mind. It's going to be a rabbit hole and we're not going. There. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that's interesting, though. And I mean, it's just mm -hmm. a, it's just a research thing that they've they've found. But I think it's important to note, especially for those of us who are extroverts, yeah. because yeah. other people's negative emotions might affect us right. more. Right. That's just important to notice, like when I'm around someone who then is being very negative or who is moody or complaining a lot. I need to monitor like that is their emotion, mm -hmm. not mine and not yep. pull it, take it on. And so that's the other piece of this that we were talking about earlier, which, which is empathy, which it says there women tend to be vulnerable mm -hmm. to absorbing the stress and negativity <laughs> to, of those around them. Right. So we also have this propensity to take on someone else's stress mm -hmm. and negative emotions and make it our own. Mm -hmm. And you gave me another psychological term for this when we take someone else's emotions oh. and then make it ours. It is so not necessarily emotions, but it's called vicarious trauma. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think of it as um, if you think of first responders, they are exposed to a lot of experiences, good and bad. And those very traumatic ones, a lot of times they can have a very difficult time separating um, and they feel as though the trauma that happened to somebody, maybe like, let's just take a car accident, mm -hmm. for example, mm -hmm. that it, it was in fact them that was in that car ex accident. Mm -hmm. um, and so they start to experience it as if it happened to them, mm -hmm. but it didn't. And so it is. Right. That right. is a difficult, that's a fine line with yeah. empathy mm -hmm. is not taking on something and, ex and living it as it is your own. Right. Right. And that affects us as mm -hmm. women. I think um, for those of us that are moms, that's probably one of the biggest places oh. where I'm, to, or <laughs> even as a wife, but you know, where we feel the emotion of our child and then that emotion becomes our emotion, mm -hmm. you know, and like they're upset. So now I'm upset. Absolutely. Um, in college, I remember having a roommate that this is how, like, she more expected it. Like she had a bad emotion and then expected you to take on hers. But this is, you know, it's just when we live with someone, when we're very close to someone, I think it's even more likely to happen. But 
so many times as women, oh, we, we take it on for each other, right? You go to life group, you hear someone complain about a situation that happened at work and suddenly you're angry too, mm-hmm. right? Like you're like ready to storm down to her office and tell her boss off because of what mm-hmm. he did to her. We just pull that on and it's not my emotion. He, yeah. did, he didn't do that to me. Her boss didn't do that yeah. to me, you know, but we, we pull that on. And I think there is still beauty in that, right? Like God created us this way to feel with others, mm-hmm. to have compassion for others, but we have to keep it in check or it becomes emotional unrest. Yes. And then our emotions, we are like all up in our heads and got so much going on, right? Oh, <laughs> no. Um, okay. So I'm going to talk about yeah. that for a second. Yeah. So we are, um, I really kind of geek out a little bit about the brain. So our mind, our brain is constantly trying to make meaning of what it does not know. Mm-hmm. Not of what it knows, but what mm-hmm. it doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Like our brain is going, wait a minute, there's some missing pieces here. And I'm trying to figure I'm out, fill it in. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to fill it in. I'm trying to make meaning here of yeah. what I don't know. And so let me give you an example of that as a woman. We see somebody in a, in a situation, or maybe we're talking to them. Like, let's just use that for an example. And they, um, are not their typical self when talking to us. Mm -hmm. They might be a little bit guarded. They might not be as responsive as they normally are. Um, they might be a little distracted and then the conversation ends and we go about our day and our brain, whether we're aware, and sometimes I think we're aware of it. Well, I know we're aware of it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we're not. Mm-hmm. But our brain is constantly trying to make meaning of what it doesn't know. And so it's filling in all of those missing gaps. And those missing gaps are lies. They can be lies. Mm-hmm. And so then we start to run our emotions and base our emotions off of something that we don't even know if it's valid. Mm-hmm. And so I think the best way in handling that is when we feel our brain starting to make meaning of things, we have to first stop and go, okay, is the feeling I'm feeling right now, this emotion I'm having, is there any foundation for it? Like, what are the facts, right? You have to stick to the facts. What happened? And if it was just a, well, they were a little off. Okay. That's not, that's not a fact. That is your brain running and trying to fill in gaps that don't even make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think when we can stop, think of it as, do I have any foundation here? Do I have anything to go off of? Do I have any like teeth in the matter? And if our answer is no, then stop this. Mm -hmm. The emotion has to stop. Um, Easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But we have this... um, in counseling called name it to tame it. And I know we're going to do an activity here soon Mm -hmm. involving that, Um, but name it to tame it. So first, like our body will let us know we're we're experiencing an emotion before our brain has even caught up Mm because our, even Mm -hmm. though our brain is good, like sometimes it's a little slow. And um, so our body, like if we're nervous, Mm -hmm. like our, for me personally, my face will And I don't know if it turns bright red, but it feels hot. Like I can just feel it burning. My heart will start to like race. Like sometimes even my hands will shake. So my body's giving me these signals that like something's going on. And so I'm like, oh, it's because, so if I have to name it, like I'm feeling nervous. Okay. Now I can tame it. Cause I just Mm -hmm. named it. Now I can tame it, Mm -hmm. name it to tame it. Um, uh, 
so I can like calm myself down. How do I calm myself down? How do I, if I'm nervous, what is it that I do? So in those situations where you're mad, first of all, is it valid? No, okay, then knock it off. Um, if it is valid, mm-hmm. right? How, what are you feeling? How are you gonna, th- so name the emotion that you're feeling, whatever that emotion is, and then how are you gonna tame it? And sometimes, sometimes the, the way to tame it might be talking to the person. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes the way to tame it might be asking another person who you trust for advice, that 2% mm-hmm. for advice. Sometimes the way to tame it is going to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's probably most of the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So one mm-hmm. of the other things that uh, Sandra talked about in this book as she as she discussed all of this was the fact that. um right now, and I think it's mostly a social media phenomenon, right? Mm -hmm. Is that um, we are constantly being bombarded with other people's emotions. So when we talk about this empathy Mm -hmm. and feeling other people's emotions and being affected by it, Mm -hmm. taking it on, um, we're constant, like constant barrage, right? Of other people's emotions because of social media. So people are constantly like, whether they're happy, sad, joyous, you know, like whatever, there's just emotions coming at us constantly. So we are like, we have so many more emotions to process than before social media. Mm -hmm. But then the second piece of that is that because we're going to social media with our emotions, rather than sitting down with someone, like, because we take them and we just for the world, right. Instead of sitting down and saying, can I talk to you about how I'm feeling? Yeah. Um, That we have, lost our ability to process emotions Mm -hmm. well because we don't do this you know we don't do this we just dump it on social media we've also lost the ability to read social cues Mm -hmm. which is why i think we're in this state of emotional unrest is because we just don't anymore know how to read social cues from people we Mm -hmm. don't know what to do with it and our mind is going to tell us what to do with it Mm -hmm. because it's going to make it fill in those missing gaps Mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely yeah yeah so it's this whole it's a whole new Mm-hmm. world for it emotions, is. emotions and emotional unrest. And it makes it harder for us mm-hmm. to come to this place mm-hmm. of emotional rest. And that's why we will be doing this activity later mm-hmm. and, and talking and doing some sharing of our emotions is because we have to practice it we do. because we're not being taught mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're not, and we're not seeing it modeled. And then what we are seeing modeled by our society is that um, this is this is what to do with your raw emotions right. is to dump them out there for for the world to see. So it's it's a tricky. It's it's very tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, or keep them hidden, right? Or just keep them hidden. And let's talk about hiding for a few minutes because mm-hmm. that is that's a big issue. That's a big portion of emotional unrest Mm -hmm. is that we going all the way back to the garden, going all the way back to Adam and Eve, we have become very skilled at hiding rather than dealing with talking about living out our emotions. Mm -hmm. We hide them. And that's what we saw. You know, that's what we saw with Adam and Eve, right? They did this thing suddenly they are feeling emotions probably that they've never felt before, right? Mm-hmm. They've never felt shame before. They've never felt embarrassed. They've never felt, um, oh my word, I did wrong, you know, because this is the first sin, right? right? So now they, they're feeling all of these things. And what Which is- That would have been weird. Right? Right? That would have been I weird. mean, we just live it. <laughs> but what is their response mm-hmm. 
it's cover up, right. hide, hide, and then yeah. hide. Yep. I'm going to run away and hide from yep. God. And we've been doing that ever since. We oh. we hide from authenticity. We hide from relationship mm-hmm. when we don't know what to do with our emotions. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's too because, right, we don't want to admit that there might be some fixing that we have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like for Adam and Eve, like I think... They didn't want to admit that, like, mm, I'm going to have to take some responsibility here and do some fixing. Yeah. And I think the same is true for us. Like, we'd rather just not talk about it. We'd rather hide away from it um, because we don't want to maybe um, admit that we had a, a part to play and maybe did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, or we just don't even like how it feels, right? Like, mm-hmm. so that's what it is with me, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't, like, I don't like sadness. I don't like it. Yeah. It is a very uncomfortable emotion for me to feel and for me to witness. Mm-hmm. And so my response, and this is a very Enneagram 7 thing, right, <laughs> is to bring levity to the situation, is to make a joke, is to mm-hmm. laugh about something, find something to make people laugh, to, like, break the sadness. Socially inappropriate. Right? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Right. Oh, it I would be the much, same. It very much is. You know, it's not the it's not the correct response, but that's what my that's what my mind does with sadness is, oh, I need to make them feel better. So how can I make them feel better? I'll make them laugh, right? And and you don't even have to think about it. And I think depending on our personalities, we all deal with different emotions affect us. I was just gonna, I was right? just gonna say that I think the best thing about <clears throat> understanding different people's personalities is understanding that we are all going to react to different situations differently. Right. Um, Karen's gonna crack a joke. I might cry with the person. Not that she won't, mm-hmm. but. Um, we all handle things differently. And I think when we can understand, like, you know what? We're all different. We all handle things a little bit different. Um, I think it will help us, too, with when we read other people mm-hmm. and we're um, then running with our emotions. I think if we can kind of understand, like, you know, everybody just handles it different. Yeah. Um, it is helpful. Yeah. So. And it's different. I think different emotions trigger different things in different yeah. personalities. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's understanding it's understanding that um, and and learning to manage that. But also for me, it's so now I'm trying to learn to be more authentic with my feelings because authenticity is how we rest. So if we're talking about unrest mm-hmm. emotionally, then the the antidote to this is authenticity. And so that means for me, as uncomfortable as it is, yeah. needing to be authentic with with how I'm feeling and yep. being able to yep. sit in that emotion and experience it fully and not run from it or Name like, it. you know, like Adam and Eve, not hide from yep. it because it's uncomfortable. So that's yep. what I think that's where I'm getting with this hiding thing is some of us hiding looks different, you know, so hiding may just be avoiding, you know, I don't like that feeling, so I'm just not going to feel it. Yeah. I'm going to skirt around it. And that's how I hide from it is by jumping right to the funny, right Mm -hmm. to the fun. Like, let's just move to the happy things because then I'll feel a whole lot better. (laughs) But I'm not going to feel a whole lot better because I'm still there. Because, right. Yep. Because I didn't feel it. Yep. And didn't express it. Yep. Yeah. Um, All right. What else do we want to talk about? So I had a scripture verse Mm -hmm. that, you know, because we've we've talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, okay, now what? What do we Mm -hmm. do? Mm -hmm. Um... And I said, 
you know, that sometimes it depends kind of what it is, but all the time, like 100% guarantee turning to scripture, turning to the Lord is always going to give you a sense of Mm -hmm. peace. And even if it's in that moment that you're reading that scripture, um, then it's worth it. So Psalm 91, nine through 10 says, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. So the key word though, there is if, and there's lots of different Bible verses in throughout all throughout scripture that have the word if, mm-hmm. and it says, if you make the Lord your refuge. So you have to actively seek the Lord and make him your refuge. And sometimes we make social media our refuge. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we make a friend our refuge. Sometimes we make something else our refuge. Um, If you make the most high your shelter, like if you're seeking him for shelter, but that key word there is if. Sometimes I think we just think like, oh, it's just going to happen. Like, um, We do, though, have to, there is some intentionality. I know we hear that word so much, but Mm -hmm. there is some actual focus on saying like, nope, the Lord is my refuge. The Lord most high, he is my shelter. Um, So I really just, I wanted to point that out because I think the word if there is a game changer in how we, in how I interpret that scripture anyways. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, and you said this earlier, I'll circle back to it we need to have our safe people where Mm -hmm. that we can go to with our authentic emotions and God created people for this purpose, right? Mm -hmm. We are to bear one another's burdens. We are to enter into Like you said about that breaking apart. Like when I share with you, Mm -hmm. it takes some of that off of me. So that's so important, but ultimately God, you know, this is what you're saying. God is where we can always be 100% 100 authentic with him. And I'm going to say it, but there are a lot of us that aren't. Oh, we yeah. even try to hide our emotions from, from God. We even try to hide how we're really feeling, right? Because mm-hmm. we feel shame in our negative emotions. We feel shame in mm-hmm. in some of what how we live, right? And in our thoughts. And so... Um, but I think the, saying it too, like telling mm-hmm. the Lord, like, I even feel embarrassed that I'm mm-hmm. even feeling this way, mm-hmm. but I'm going to still bring it before you. Like, or I feel very shameful. Yeah. Like, I wonder how it would have changed things in the garden if Adam and Eve would have just said, like, I'm, right too. <laughs> I'm very embarrassed right now in what I did. Or I'm yeah. very, um, like, I know that I hurt you and I'm very sorry. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I just think sometimes when we name our emotion, it can really mm-hmm. help. And take it straight to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dr. Dalton Smith talks about some gifts, some ways that, you know, as we experience rest, some ways that we can experience rest that are gifts to us. So one of them that she talks about is the gift of cessation. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a big one with um, with the emotions. And kind of when you were talking about name it to claim it. So when you name it, you're, you're also looking for like, is this the truth in that situation? Yeah. Yeah. When we are able to say, oh my goodness, I may have totally misread what Lindsay's body language was saying there. Then we're able to stop, stop it. It. Yeah. And that's what cessation is. It's it's taking mm-hmm. our emotions and stopping them. And a big piece of that is is God's presence, I think, yeah. right? Is that we can say, oh my goodness, God, this is how I'm feeling mm-hmm. right now. I need to stop it. Like I need to cease. I need the cessation is the gift and take that emotion and like just say, 
here you go, God, you know, like I'm going to take this huge thing that I'm feeling right now. And I need to, I just need to stop. And to me, it feels like a big piece of that is, um, when our emotions start going crazy, right. Then we start living out what our emotions are. Right. So then we start living kind of yucky too. And we start just striving or whatever it is. And, and so then we're living all of this. And sometimes we just need to be like, rein it back in. (laughs) Like I'm going to stop right now. Um, and so real fast, a verse that we've talked about before, (laughs) Exodus 14, 14, the Lord, your God will (laughs) fight for you. You need only to be still. Yeah. And so I, so stop it. Yeah. So stop it. That's a huge piece of rest is that we have to shut those emotions down sometimes Mm -hmm. and be still and let God do the fighting because we fight so many battles in our minds that are so unnecessary. Right. Oh, like, <laughs> like I said, I think most of the battles we probably fight mentally are ones that if we were to stop and think, is this even valid? They would like we would not be fighting many battles. Right. Right. And then the other freedom or gift that she talks about is the gift of exchange. And that's when we take something to God and we receive something else back. And so in this instance, if we're taking our emotions, which Oftentimes when they've gotten to this point, when we've got so much unrest, it is that depression and anxiety yeah, and, yeah. and just the, the thoughts that won't shut off. So when we take all of that to God, right, we cast all our anxieties on him, then what we receive back in return scripturally, if we look at Matthew 11, 28 to 30, he says, come to me, all you who are weary. And what are we going to get back? Rest rest, you know, and then we've got the, right. And then we've got the Philippians four, six, and seven, which talks about giving him our anxieties, praying. Mm -hmm. And then what does he give us back? He gives us peace, peace, a peace that passes all understanding, a peace Mm -hmm. that we can't even comprehend, which goes hand in hand with rest. So I think that's so beautiful and so powerful when we talk about this, when we talk about our emotions is that when we take that to God, what he hands back to us. And just think is, of it like we have no problem taking our emotions to our friends. Right. Like right. we really don't right. we have no problem with it. Yeah. They're not going to be able to give you though the rest. They might be able to give you some wisdom. They might be able to give you some encouragement, but they're never going to be able to give you the rest or the peace that God can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us. We are so blessed to have you join us on this journey as we continue to learn about rest and what it means to better rest so that we are more healthy and able to live the lives that God has called us to live. As always, keep looking above. 